It's the Good Advice Show. You're checking out another episode of the Good Advice Podcast. We're talking about all the things you need to know in order to run your business better. And one of my favorite types of episodes is having the amazing business owners who join us on the show to tell you the actual tangible story, how they actually did it, how they started and how they grew it and how they turned their business into something successful. Today's episode is the fam over at Duncan and Stone Paper Company. They're joining us on the show today, celebrating three years of their business. I loved hearing their origin story. It's always great to hear how a business starts and where it's going. We're going to be talking about their story today on the show. But before we jump into this episode, I want you to hear a word from one of our awesome sponsors. Coming to you right now. Hey, have you been thinking about your health insurance plan for this next year? Maybe you just jumped to the world of entrepreneurship and you're thinking, geez, is it possible to have a good insurance plan if I'm no longer working for a business? Maybe you're even running a business and you're thinking about what does it look like to have an affordable group plan for your employees? Well, I want to tell you about Optimum Health Insurance. This is a customized health care plan for you and your family. And since 2018, they've been helping people get awesome, affordable health care coverage for really nothing at all. It's easy, it's hassle-free, and frankly, they're different from the big insurance companies that you might talk to. And crazy enough, you might even be paying less than what you've paid at a previous job when you were on some company health insurance plan. If you want to find out more and save money on your health insurance, you absolutely need to go check out OptimumHealthInsurancePlan.com. That's OptimumHealthInsurancePlan.com. That's today's sponsor. Enjoy this episode. We're not sitting down with one guest today. We're actually sitting down with three guests. So I got my work cut out for me today. We're sitting down with Sarah Autry, Stephanie Peters, and Garrett Peters. They're the founders of Duncan and Stone. It's a stationary company that wants to help you capture some of your best memories with your loved ones. You can find out more at DuncanandStone.com. We're going to be talking about the entrepreneurial journey and all things fun that come with running a business. Guys, it's so great to have you on the show today. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having us, Blake. All right, so um, I, I don't know exactly who to start with because it's not it's not <laughs> usual that I have um, everyone on the show. Um, you're all three, you're founders of Duncan and Stone. Tell me a little bit about who does what and what's life like, the three of you running this business. Well, that has actually changed a lot over the years. I mean, we've, we started in 2019, so I think tell a little bit maybe of the backstory so then you can see our lanes. It's probably one of the better places to start. Yeah. Okay. So, so what year did you say you guys started? 2019 was whenever we were like, we're going to really start this thing. What do we want to call it? Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. what should we call it? And, yeah. you know, what do we want to be about? Um, and so during that conversation, we were having a lot, lots of family dinners with Garland, which is Sarah's husband, and just kind of talking about this product that Sarah had created, the prayer pregnancy cards. And we kept being like, you should really manufacture this and grow this. You know, you'd really mm -hmm. do it. And she's like, absolutely not. That sounds miserable. <laughs> I like to create pretty things. And that's what I do. Yeah. You know, and Garrett at the time was working um, for a broker team here in Northwest Arkansas. Right. And and he really always wanted to grow a brand. And I was seeing this like conversation happening. I'm like, they're never going to start a company together. Like they need they need me to step it in. Yeah. <laughs> and so I, one day I was like, Sarah, you know, like, I, I want to help you start this business. I'd, I've been an entrepreneur and have been doing more real estate things and had just kind of closed some projects that I was working on. Mm -hmm. And I was bored, like creatively bored. Yeah. And so I was like, I love learning new things and things that I have no idea what I'm doing. It really sure. like fires me up to try to, to learn that that skill set. And so I was like, let me jump in and help you with this. And like, let's start this company together. And so that's where kind of it, we were out, you know, sketching with sidewalk chalk, talking about products with and our toddlers running with around. our toddlers <laughs> hanging on our necks. You know, at the time, I think they might've been uh, Collins and Drake were like two. Um, and so we were just having conversations about it and thinking about what could be as we were mm -hmm. playing with chalk and our toddlers. So take me back to like those early conversations. Yeah. Uh, Stephanie, you know, Sarah Stephanie's telling you, you got to sell this. Yeah. Like, this is, 
I'm assuming the original product was really great. Yeah, um, I loved it. And and we I really believed in it. But yeah. she was like, I'm not really sure. Well, I, I was selling them on Etsy. I was packaging them by hand. So uh-huh. it's like 40 cards that describe your baby's growth and how you can pray for them. So I was ordering 40 different sets of individual postcards and then creating sets <laughs> and then packaging sets. And yeah. I was like and watching me like, this is not efficient. Right. Yeah. And she's like, you know, we could do, you do this more efficiently. I'm like, yeah, but then I got to like contact production people and like, yeah. I don't. Seems like a lot business. of work. Yeah. yeah. I was like, no, I don't want that. And so she was basically said, what if I do that? So the original conversations were us going, what do we see? We're two moms. We have, she has three kids. I have three kids. And we're going, um, what are the holes in the market? What are the things that we wish had been mm-hmm. made for us when we were having babies that we're going, we could do that better. So we started literally sketching out, we've got these pregnancy prayer cards. What would it look like to jump into the journal realm? So we're literally drawing on the sidewalk. What would the layout of a journal look like? What would a mom like us, what would be the way for them to be able to fill out a journal and keep their memories, Mm -hmm. but it's not taking up all their time because they're already changing diapers and running around and buying groceries and cutting up tiny hot dogs. And like, (laughs) they don't have time to be doing all this. So um, after that, Stephanie found, um, an organization that was called Paper Camp. It was like a training weekend for people who are involved in stationery. So we flew out to LA. That was the fall of 2019. Mm-hmm. And at the time we were like, I guess that we should have a company name. And like, <laughs> didn't have we're invested in something that doesn't exist. So we should probably now be more serious about this, yeah. you know? And so that started- made us like, so we got out, I got a huge, um, air fryer box and opened it up on our my floor with a sharpie marker and all four of us garland included sat down and we're like okay like what's going to be our year game plan did you share this on social media yeah yeah i remember before. seeing I this yeah. Uh, yeah. like the cardboard, the cardboard. Or something. oh yeah i still have it in a closet I remember it's very it. irrational yeah. well, i remember thinking like that's a lot yeah, yeah. <laughs> a lot i mean we i mean that was in 2019 when we didn't we barely had a company name and we were yeah. like you know garrett was like here are all the pieces that we actually have to add to this to make it work mm-hmm. and so he brought a lot of knowledge of things that he had experienced in his corporate mm-hmm. job into that conversation and so where we were like let's just make things that moms are practical for them and pretty and like mm-hmm. he was like well there's a lot more to it than just that was there yeah. a point that you guys it started feeling like because um, it was very creative and obviously very exciting was there a point where you were like oh we're we're entrepreneurs we're business owners like kind of like the formal yeah. like step into that role like did that did that happen at some point or did you kind of in retrospect Oh, I guess we are business owners. Yeah, I think in that season, what defined it was putting our kids to sleep and then continuing to work. Mm, Like that was the season where we're like, oh, we're really entrepreneurs. Like our kids just went to bed and Mm. now we have our laptops open and we're researching and digging into Amazon through Jungle Scout of like what who's selling products like ours? What are they selling for? How many units are they selling in a month? You Mm. know, like researching the market. And that's what I was digging into. And everyone kind of had their own lane of what they were doing. But working at night really defined like, oh, we're entrepreneurs. <laughs> yeah. Well, explain, there's, there's one question I have for you is, you know, a lot of times when people are thinking about the product that they want to roll out, they immediately go to, well, what I'm selling is better. But then when you actually like look at the products, it's not really actually better. It's just they like it because it's theirs. Y'all not only were selling something that you thought was better, it actually was better. Was there some kind of, of hidden analysis that you did or you just are just so qualified in your position that you were like, I just know it's better. I mean, help me understand kind of the the nuance of because there's a lot of people listening who they, they've walked through that line of thinking of like, mm-hmm. I know it's better. But then once they started launching it or working with it, it doesn't get quite the traction that mm-hmm. they expected. Right. Yeah. Uh, so so what was different about your situation? So before we launched Duncan and Stone, I had been selling on Etsy for probably seven or eight years doing stationery, like wow. invitations okay. and stuff. So I already had my foot in the door of that general right. market. Tremendous uh, experience. Yes. Yeah. And so what I had realized from that time when I was doing invitations and whatnot was, there are a lot of people trying to replicate what someone else is already doing really well and you're always going to come in second place because they're already they did it before you and they're already doing it really well so coming into launching duncan and stone i really wanted to actually find the holes in the market knowing that like reproducing the wheel may not actually happen you know someone has done something for baby books before but how can we actually launch something that's unique so we're not competing to be the second best for someone who launched first but actually being the first person to launch a new type of product so like Mm -hmm. a good example would be this um 
past fall we or this past spring we launched a teacher memory book and so it's a book specifically just to help we were going we have all these stephanie and i our backstories we actually both got our master's degree in elementary education (laughs) and then we both hated teaching so we call ourselves (laughs) the teaching dropouts but we realized through that experience how much hard work teachers Mm -hmm. put in um how how dedicated they are like they're so passionate about it and we went you know what no one's doing anything for the teachers Mm -hmm. that want to save their memories and so we were like that's not a thing that's out there and it's been such a great product because we don't really have competition Mm -hmm. um and so we've just really tried to be like the what yeah. where's the hole what yeah. can we do first yeah, what doesn't exist instead of repeating it yeah well i love how you're framing it also from like your customer's perspective of like what are they not getting yeah. as opposed to again a lot of times in the entrepreneurial space it's like i'm so passionate about this one thing mm-hmm. even though everyone's already doing it yeah. and so the fact that you guys are already thinking you were already from the start thinking about what your customer wasn't getting right. i'm sure that has a lot to do with your success as well yeah um, and i think we also talked a lot about not just um you know how how nice the the journals may be and what is the recipient going to feel when they get it but we went to the back end psychology of what is the giver going to get out of it and so we kind of almost marketed not just to because so many of our journals are highly giftable you're buying them for weddings or baby Mm -hmm. showers different occasions and going okay but how can we market to the buyer who's going to give it to someone it's not about how the recipient feels it's how does it make the buyer feel Mm -hmm. to give a really thoughtful and unique Mm -hmm. gift and going okay let's get inside that person's head what do they want to do because it's in the end it's going to make them feel good and the recipient feel good right and they're the ones spending the money Mm -hmm. right i would say that like sarah and stephanie have done a great job at um doing a ton of research and figuring out what's out there. And, and as the more that we've grown as well, like customer feedback, like we have a long list of potential items we may want to go create, Mm -hmm. but we're always filtering them through. Like, does this even make sense? Would this work? Like doing research like that. And, and we've, and we've launched plenty of items as well that are like, didn't go well. Like kind of a, you thought it might do well. Mm -hmm. There was a market for it, but it's just, wasn't wasn't great you know so um they've done a great job at at figuring out what Mm -hmm. the gaps are you know which is cool how do you guys stay um unemotionally attached from an of of a product that sarah doesn't you (laughs) i am for sure how do you do that (laughs) i am it is so much harder for me like i am definitely way more emotionally invested in the products they're kind of like but what about the sales numbers and what's yeah i'm like i'm like do you know how much this takes up on that container and how much weight that is on that container and then it limits us on what we can bring into the states you know like i think there's definitely been like a um, i'm like i think we should cut that (laughs) and she's like absolutely not there's been some like thickening of the skin on seeing things that are like oh that didn't do as well well, you know, mm-hmm. and really more the learning curve of then going, that's okay. Like, what are we going to learn from that? Mm-hmm. What, how, okay, why didn't it do well? So yeah. that on the next mm-hmm. thing we launch. So for instance, one thing we've learned is if we shoot for too broad of an audience, if the a product we're launching is for too many people and in our estimation initially, it was like, great. Mm-hmm. We have way more of a market capture because all of these different mm-hmm. people can use it. But then in the end, no one actually knew how to use how it to because right. it was too broad. And we right. went, okay, so now we know we have to Get be tight. very much more specific mm-hmm. in what, what we're designing mm-hmm. and the, the message that is getting across to the customer so they know this is for me. Mm-hmm. I need this. Mm-hmm. So you guys obviously, I mean, you have a handful of really amazing products and I've, I've seen them. I mean, I have two kids oh, myself thanks. and I've looked mm-hmm. at your products and thought, oh my gosh, I wish I had found this when mm-hmm. I was first. My wife is going through her pregnancy. Um, but for the products that don't quite get the traction you want, and not just related to products, but just also, I mean, as entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. you're talking to friends, you're talking to family members, and we mentioned that thickening of skin. What's it like, not just with your customers, not just with your products, but also just people you interact with um, for the three of you? I mean, Garrett, I know you, yep. you quit your full-time job oh, yeah. to do this, yep. which is very exciting, but... Yeah. I remember when I quit my job to do my business, I mean, I had someone who was like, what are you doing? Yeah, exactly. Like, are you For nuts? Sure. For sure. So mm-hmm. how the three of you guys kind of developed that that sense of resilience and mm-hmm. especially on days mm-hmm. where even months where the business is not building the traction you expect? Like, what does yeah. that process yeah. look like? Yeah, I'll start. I mean, um, I've gone through a lot of different seasons through the business. So like back to 2019, mm-hmm. 2020, early on launching, we were just focused on trying to push the ball forward. It was just like, we didn't, I didn't, I didn't think we we're much business owners. It was just like, let's just, we're starting this thing and we need to just figure it out. Um, I think that when I, I left 
my full-time job to come on to do this in January of 2020. So uh, not quite two years. You mean 2021. 2021. Sorry, sorry, sorry. 2021. <laughs> okay. um, the, that was a tough year for me. Sure. You know, it was developed to your question about resiliency. It was like, I didn't know what I had never owned my own business. I never worked for myself. It was right. an incredible like transition that I had to go through. Um, you know, for, it took a long time for me to like really figure out what, what the heck I was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so what, what was that process like for you? I mean, yeah, it was, it was challenging. It was the, you know, trying to figure out what to focus on, where do right. I spend my time, right. what area of the business do I need to focus on was, was a, it was a challenge. I think we were still mm-hmm. so young. I mean, we had only been selling products for a about a year, maybe, a, maybe a year. almost a year. And so we were still so small mm-hmm. and I was just stressed. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm like, I've left my, this is a full-time gig for us now. Mm-hmm. You know, if this doesn't work. Then this is like, we got to figure this out. Right. Yeah. And so, um, there was, you know, there's this, you know, it's ethereal of uh, that. The experience I had was like my schedule. I have to figure that out. I got to figure out how to work. How do we work as a team? You right. know, um, where do I spend my time? Like there's just a, a mess of things that I had to go. And you're through. not having quarterly reviews with a boss saying you're doing really great. Yeah. You know, how do like you even your, define your success? Your company's really growing because look at this and this right. and this. And like you're not having somebody, you know, above you and in, in a role from that job saying you've yeah. done really well. Yeah. Or you're, you know, like he's like, how do I even measure, you know, what's happening? And then during that season, too, in 2021, in January, like our company, I had just forecasted out the year and I'm like, you know, and I saw his stress. He walked into the kitchen right after Christmas break had finished and he was like, both my eyes are twitching. I'm so stressed, like I'm working full time over here, but yet Duncan Stone needs me almost full time over here. Like something has to give. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, just go quit your job. And he was like, are you serious? Because <laughs> at the time, <laughs> like we couldn't pay him <laughs> because Duncan and Stone at the time couldn't pay him salary. So he was looking at me like, you're nuts. Like, yeah. why would we do that? You know, I'm like, well, something has to give Duncan Stone cannot afford to lose you. Like you're yeah. such a pivotal asset to this company to grow. Like if we actually want to do the numbers that I think that we can do, we need you on this team fully mm-hmm. focused. And so he was like, okay. And so he went talk to some of his buddies and then Put in a, I mean, he put us two week notice, I think that day the or then the next day yeah. after that conversation in the kitchen. Um, and so by the time we couldn't pay him, so I mean, it took maybe three months or so, but I'm like, we'll just live on savings. Like, mm-hmm. and we'll just be really frugal with what we're spending and let's just see what happens. I mean, we also live in a community where his role and his job that he was doing, if it failed, we kind of had a safety net of like, you're so well connected in the community. You worked in this Mm-hmm. You know, like, so that was a, a safety net for us to know right. he could always go find another job doing something similar. Right. But I'm like, why not? Mm-hmm. Like, why would you not take the risk? Yep. Right. I'm a very much a jumper, if you can't tell. Like, I, pusher. She's a pusher. I'm a pusher. I'm she like, push me off the end. I'm like, you will go, da, da, da. you're going to, you know, like, I'm just kind of like, <laughs> it doesn't, best. it doesn't scare me. Like, I'm just kind of like, I, I'm very optimistic about things naturally. Mm-hmm. Like, so I'm like, well, what's the worst thing that could happen? That's no, okay if that yeah. happens. You well, know? We, we talked a little bit before we hit record that, you know, whenever you start a business, there's people who are very excited for you. Mm-hmm. And there's also people who are, even when you didn't ask, are very quick to let you know how nervous they are oh, for yeah, you. For sure. um, what's it been for like sure. just, you know, get on that topic of resilience, but also just yeah. like kind of buffering comments or feedback mm-hmm. or because you know, the entrepreneurial journey as we know it's it's extremely sexy on social media mm-hmm. um i talked to a guy one time who's like man i'm just so desperate desperate to be an entrepreneur and i was like well, what do you you know and i'm thinking like i'm working so many hours like i'm you know not sleeping yeah. it's terrible um <laughs> but i'm like so what do you think that means and he was like oh it's great you sleep in as late as you want and no one tells you what to do <laughs> I was like, wow, wow. okay, I need to figure that out. I, <laughs> it sounds yeah. like a great gig. But so you're getting you're getting all this feedback, all these comments. Like, how do you guys kind of parse through it? And mm-hmm. like, what do you, like, what's that process look like as people interact with you, friends, yeah. family, what have yeah. you? I think we probably had different experience of, of how that played out for me because I was a stay-at-home mom and I'd already been kind of trying to do these side hustles, stationary and whatnot. 
when we launched Duncan and Stone, it was kind of like, oh, that's so cute. Like yeah. you're starting a company, yeah. you know, and right. no one was really taking me seriously, which was okay. But, you know, I'd get questions from family members saying, you know, like, so how, how's the the cards going? And I'm like, do you think I sell like Pokemon cards? Like, you, don't, <laughs> you don't understand what I'm doing or the fact that like I'm staying home, which is a full time job in itself right. with three kids of like managing all of them and on the side and in the evenings mm-hmm. and at nap time I'm working. And so dealing with kind of just grin and bear it of like, okay, well, I'm just, yeah. I, one day I'll show you, you'll get it sometime. Mm-hmm. But I'm actually working really hard for this cute job that I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. Cause like my experience was a little bit different Corporate, in the sense yeah. of when I first told, even when we were early on thinking about starting this business, which was a truly a side, I was looking at it as a side hustle of sorts mm-hmm. of like, I have a vision that this could one day be a thing that we do. Right. But we didn't know. Yeah, um, good. Supplemental income. Like yeah. Something like it side. could be fun. It was, it, and there's tons of the process that were super fun and exciting. And like us figuring out how to run a business has been really cool. But I mean, when I told some of my good friends early on, they're like, you're going to sell journals. Like there were like baby <laughs> books, pregnancy books. I mean, they yeah. just couldn't even fathom what was going on. And sure. I'm like, yeah, that's the plan. You know, <laughs> we're going to do it. And, uh, you know, and, yep. and, and, you know, for us, fast forward to 2021, you know, quitting, quitting my job to do this business full time and, and just grinding to try to get it going. There's my level of success for the first year was like, I don't have to go get another job. That was basically what I was yeah. at. at the end of the year. If I don't have to go get another job, yay. Like mm-hmm. that was good. We're, we're figuring this out. <laughs> but even to, to today, we have good friends and even family members that are like, you guys are still, you're still doing the books thing, you know? And so yeah. <laughs> I, I have now become, and I tell the, I tell Sarah and Stephanie a lot, uh, and our team, like I'm, I'm kind of out to prove, yeah, sure. uh, like there's something in me that wants to prove that everyone wrong. Not that they think that they just think that this is a small little thing. And I'm like, we want to create a big business. Mm-hmm to show the world, you know, mm-hmm. and that might be my own issues probably. <laughs> well, I, but, I've noticed when people have never like walked into the world of like entrepreneurship or business, it can be hard for someone like to conceptually yeah. understand someone quitting a job, starting a business, you know, sticking with something also. Yeah, I mean, right. yeah. we live in a world where people often change jobs very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And not to mention also the fact you guys, uh, you started a business right before a teeny tiny thing called yeah. COVID. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so what was what was 2020 like wild. for you oh guys? Oh my gosh. Man, so back to fall of 2019 <laughs> when we're starting to develop product and thinking through ideas and naming ourselves, you know, which Duncan and Stone, we, we tossed around a lot of names, but Stephanie and I actually met at this point 12 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, we were both working for a nonprofit in Fayetteville. And as we were looking through names, you know, so much of our business was founded on our connection as best friends and then walking through motherhood together. And so we named it after the corner that that building sits at Duncan and Stone. So that was where the name came from. And so then when we were moving into the spring, we're like, okay, we did it. We developed these products. We have a brand (laughs) now, you know, we've got, we've got a pitch. So easy now. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) We got our production partners lined up. We actually got like that first unboxing of product in hand and high-fiving and we're like, okay, let's put it live. We started on Etsy and our website, and that was end of February 2020. And we had no idea. Two weeks later, yep. our kids are home permanently for the rest oh, of yeah. the year. You know, no school. Now we're homeschooling and launching a business. And we're like, what's going to happen? Like, mm-hmm. no one's buying anything because right. nobody knows. That's well, what we, yeah, we, yeah, that was our fear. our fear. But what we found out was it actually worked in our favor because everyone went, I'm stuck at home. I have nothing else to do. Uh, I should finally fill out that baby book. I never got around to. This is a perfect time to buy. We had um, a legacy journal Mm -hmm. for grandparents to write out their life story. So they're going, I'm worried that my grandparent might get sick. What if I don't ever get to hear about their Mm -hmm. life story before something could happen? So we've got people from all over the U.S. going, I've got to get these stories written down. And so for us, our business actually took off in a really surprising way. Yeah. Well, and the other side part of that is that Sarah in 2019, whenever we're writing the board and we're saying, what's your goal for the company? And she's like, I just want to make my deductible. Like, I just want to make enough money for the whole year to meet our deductible. I was like, oh, that's so cute. (laughs) 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 That's cute. You know, and so, but she was very dependent at this time. 
and her Etsy business, like her husband's a pastor. It was a supplement of income for them to make their bills. Like for them, for her to have that stationary company that was all built around baby showers and weddings and mm-hmm. invitations to mm-hmm. events. Mm-hmm. And Gosh, so I forgot about that. You just said that I'm having PTSD right now. And so she was yeah. so like, I mean, a spring for her was like the Super Bowl for them to make their bills. Yeah. And so for us to launch and sell our very first product in February of 2020, and then we kind of, Duncan and Stone kind of took off to the point where her stationary company just completely crumbled because mm-hmm. there was nobody having any events. And so it was really cool to see the provision of Duncan and Stone step in and actually yeah. start making a profit very, very early enough to cover the deductible yeah. for that year to be like, she, you know, it met the need. So, yeah. yeah. Was there ever a point? I mean, so the business takes off during COVID. Um, you know, you have a lot of, of fear and worry in the marketplace. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people who are probably even giving you guys advice on, Hey, get a backup plan. And yet Duncan and Stone is doing well. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you guys typically respond to, um, setbacks in your business? Uh, is it something that you each kind of deal with separately? Do you have different personalities for how you deal with it? But definitely. I mean, she cries. Personality. I'm like, it's okay. Will we tell them about Garrett gets mad. I get, he gets mad. mad. <laughs> she gets sad. And I'm like, this is why I'm here. Yeah. I'm HR guy. Well, here, here's uh, one, HR hat, one example know? for our listeners. I don't know if this was actually a big deal or not, but yeah. I know recently you guys had a, a copycat. Yeah. With someone did. who basically took your product mm-hmm. and oh, yeah. duplicate, duplicated it, yep. sold it on Amazon yep. and basically ripped you off. Yep. Um, I don't For know sure. if that felt like a setback or not, or if it was more like a, wow, we're actually yeah. pretty good since yeah. someone's <laughs> Sarah yeah. was, for the record, Sarah was super when mad about that. When it comes to creative and people taking my like creative ideas, I'm like, oh, I will throw down. Yeah. Not throw. I'm like, who are we calling? Yeah. What are we doing? Yeah, we were I'm immediately, leaving. I'm buying the product, the leaving my own reviews. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah we immediately um, got after that one. No, yeah. I think of setbacks earlier. I mean, even before, oh, before that, she's going to be like, so... You know, our very first, we, we launched with the prayer pregnancy cards and Dear Baby, which is the journaling format for the prayer pregnancy cards. And then our next item that we're like, okay, we're growing. Like we're going to, we're going to bring in this new item of Dear Son and Dear Daughter. It came in. It was beautiful. And then Sarah went to take pictures of it and called me in sobbing tears and was like, well, before you go on, we put in so much work, so, so much work to these journals and childhood keepsake journals from birth to 18. They were, they're much big, bigger physically. So this was for sure our biggest financial, like throwing down the money towards something. And because we were a new company, it's like you're putting money in as it's coming in. And so you're, you're not really making much. So you're really hedging your bets on like, right. okay, here's our profit. We're putting it right back into new product. Let's hope that sells well. Yep. Right. So we, this is like our biggest purchase. And they arrive and we're like, oh my gosh, they're beautiful. You know, we're flipping through the pages. It's exactly <laughs> what we want. Dear son, dear daughter. And after a day of us like looking through this, I look on the spine of dear daughter and it says dear daughter the g and the t are transposed and i was like no we have like thousands of these that we've shipped Mm -hmm. over that we've paid for that we can't use already printed any of them Mm -hmm. and so i like call stephanie in tears i don't even know if you could like understand i'm like it says dear daughter like what's a daughter like i'm like just look at the picture and she didn't see it at first and and then after it clicked she was like oh no so that was probably the first like devastating blow of the business of that was a total waste what do we do how many more can we afford to reorder like i was like trying to pull them i was like trying to contact you know our printer partner but can you pull them before they go to ship before they go into the port and he's like no they're already in reach port like they're already on the vessel like then yeah. we're trying to find, can, can someone it? recase them? Can we, you know, what yeah. would that cost? Were they going to customers yet? Or were they no, not no, yet? No, okay. They were just coming to okay. in yeah. our yeah. garage. Okay. The They've never been the to warehouse. the warehouse. <laughs> Duncan and Stone International yeah. from the garage yeah. with Peter's house. And I love it that our, our printer partner thinks that that's our office. Oh, yeah. I'm like, that's cute. It's just our garage. Oh, uh, well, f- for that, in that situation, we all deal with it differently, like in, in their own different way. Like, I was just thinking about the financials of that situation of like, I'm thinking that we're just going to sell the stuff. I'm like, <laughs> I mean, full Put it out transparency. There, it's fine, I'm like, like what's the big deal? The customer probably won't even know. And the girls are like, oh no, we're not, we're a brand new business. Yeah. Like it will tarnish our brand name. And, right. uh, and it was the right move for sure. But I was just like, we're, we gotta, we're, we're not gonna make it like, this is like, you know, this is a devastating thing, you know? So I'm like, 
so stressed out early on of, mm-hmm. of what's going on with this small thing we're, we're doing. It was, it's I didn't funny. know. Well, yeah. I wasn't mind, stressed we're at all. all. <laughs> Stephanie was not stressed. No, I was like, are you cool as a cucumber sorry. always? So, oh, no, yeah. I mean, oh. I, I stay pretty, I no, I, I can get feisty and I can get, I have my own roller coaster of things, but this didn't really face me. I was like, it's okay. Yeah. Like we're going to have mistakes. Like, let's just look at the numbers of it. Let's see how much it actually, you know, the biggest loss is that we don't have it here to launch it with your son. Like mm-hmm. that to me was a bigger loss than the product itself. Yeah. Stephanie's so great at seeing the long-term vision. So for her, you know, Garrett and I are going, oh my gosh, the finances from Garrett's yeah. perspective. I'm going, oh my gosh, this was on me. This is, I'm creative. Now I've let my people down. Mm. And, but Stephanie's going, but I already know this is, you know, whatever month she's like, but I'm already looking at six, 12 months out. And I know this is not going to be a big deal then. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be okay. Yeah. Um, which is great. Cause it's like the steadying force of me and Garrett. Yeah. <laughs> being for close sure. On both ends. For she sure. kind of like, mm-hmm. helped okay, it. Guys. Yeah. She's the glue that holds us together. For sure. <laughs> like, jelly speaking of this this mistake you know a lot of businesses unfortunately they would go the route of uh, not even so much of like our customers aren't going to care but like hey this is such a big expense like we have to make some money back on it i like that you guys were like no like this is it's important quality as quality should be Mm -hmm. Uh, is there any insight there on i guess people listening who are tempted to you know reduce the quality of what they're selling or cut corners. I mean, we all, we yeah. all know not to do it. Yeah. Right. I mean, it, I, I've never met anyone who was like, I just love cutting corners. <laughs> yes. yeah. But, but we also know like the challenges of exactly what you're yeah. talking about, where it becomes, mm-hmm. very, it becomes very gray. Yep. It's right. like, okay, my cash flow is really tight. We spent a ton of money. Mm-hmm. This could really hurt us. Yep. So we're going to shave off a little bit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's and so like, what, what's, what's your, your take on, um, even in the mess of that, staying focused on quality and it's going to be, mm-hmm. our brand's going to be what we want it to be. I mean, I'd yeah. love to hear more about that. Yeah. Sarah, I'll let Sarah talk to that. Yeah. Like, I think, uh, from a brand values perspective. Exactly. We, from the very beginning, um, again, back to where do we fit in the market share? We knew that there are lots of people, like if you go on Amazon and look for baby book, you know, you're going to get things for $7.99, little paperback. And I'm not hating on those, but we knew we wanted to make a product that wasn't there. And Mm -hmm. for us, that meant something that's high end. That's you're not going to toss into a bin at some point and be like, I don't really care. That wasn't all that nice anyway, that sits out on your coffee table because it's so beautiful. You're like, I want people to see this thing that I bought. And that's going to be high enough quality that you can actually pass down for generations to come. So for us, selling a dear daughter (laughs) went against (laughs) all of our core (laughs) strategies of what's differentiating us from the rest of the market. And we knew that if we started the business the beginning already compromising on what we were selling to people mm-hmm. sets us apart that in the long term we were going to have no customer buy-in because it's going to look like what you're selling is not actually what you're pitching right yeah. right right that's a good point and we've had we've had issues with you know a print mistake that wasn't our mistake that just the printer you know flipped a, a page upside down or mm-hmm. you know and that's different to have Stuff a review happens. that's like a you know one-off but it would be a completely different thing if everyone's like, these are all dear daughter. Yeah. Like, I, just I would like- also say for um, a small business launching, customer reviews were so imperative because oh, people yeah. don't know us. We don't have any buy-in. Yeah. So knowing even like what you were saying with if someone you know gets a slight mess up or there's a dent on a corner of a book or something, we are always very quick, even if it's not our problem, if it's a shipping, it got damaged, whatever, mm-hmm. or even things get lost. We're like, we'll send you a new one because yeah. we so prioritize customer service. And that was painful in the beginning. Mm-hmm. When you know someone has UPS or mm-hmm. especially yeah. that, 2020 pandemic yes yes that christmas season where usps delivered nothing for months and people are they're mad at us even though it's not our fault and it was so painful to be like i will send you a new one that means i have just lost out on netting an extra 30 dollars or whatever Mm -hmm. but in the end to get that review where they say man this seller was so great to work with i will be back again like they fixed this problem Mm -hmm. that has been in the long run, worth yep. it to right. go. It was worth the $30 that you yes, for Yes, sure. to keep that yeah. integrity and keep mm-hmm. the customer satisfaction mm-hmm. as a top priority mm-hmm. because now we are very trustworthy as a brand. Well, I like how you describe it too because again, there's business owners out there who they want to be something like that, but they think it's only possible for 
like an established brand. So hearing you tell that story of like, we just decided we were going to do it no matter what, yeah. I think that's empowering. It's the same, it's yeah. similar to stories where we talk about on the podcast, like paying employees well, mm-hmm. and people will sometimes hear those kind of episodes and they'll be like, yeah, I will once my business is really great. Yeah. And it's right. like, no, yeah, these are yeah. core principles you stand by. Yeah. Um, it is by the way, really great kind of hearing you guys, you guys seem very at ease, um, like working together, talking together. Uh, I don't know how familiar you are in like the startup entrepreneurial space in terms of other organizations that have multiple co-founders, mm-hmm. but it's kind of a clicheism that co-founders typically end up kind of like a married couple yeah. fighting. Uh, well, in, in y'all's case, you actually are a married couple. You know, um, disagreements on who mm. owns what, yeah. um, struggles with like, okay, the brand can go this way or that way. And they want to go, it's, it's different directions basically. Yeah. How have you guys figured out who owns what? And more importantly, when you get to a pain point, how do you decide the Mm, answer? Who's who's right, I guess. Right. Yeah, I'll I'll start. Um, I I will tell you, like that was a that was a concern of mine for sure early on. Was like in 2019 when we're like, hey, let's let's start a business together. I went to mentors and and other people I'd worked with that that I'd worked for and asked them feedback about it. And basically all of them said it was a bad idea. <laughs> Seriously. Because we were friends. Because we were friends. I mean, so right. much like, of our, some I mean, of our best friends. Friends and also married and, and also, you and Garland yeah. married. Yes, I was right. less concerned about me and Stephanie, honestly, because you're we worried had, about Sarah and uh, Garland. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it was like, I don't want to ruin a friendship. Right. Like, is it really worth it for us to start a side hustle, a thing that's going to potentially ruin a friendship? And we didn't want that. So early on, um, I mean, we, we can consi- we highly considered it and what that looked like, but then we're just, I think that what, one thing that we've done pretty well, I think over the years is prioritize our friendship first is like, yes, it would be easy for us to talk about just Duncan and stone all the time, all, like every day. And especially for us at our house, cause we, you know, we're married, but we're trying to prioritize like, you know, our friendship and relationships that we have. And then we talk where we've now because we've grown and like we have business time and like we have office hours. And obviously, if there's things that come up, we'll talk about the business. But uh, finding the boundaries of, well, we've really had a you know, that. we had to step into that. I mean, we've had for sure pain points where. Oh, yeah. But I think us setting up an S-Corp together, going in and legally going, here's everyone shares. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, Sarah and I have a little like one percent more than the guy. So it's a woman owned business. Just I keep hitting my mic. Sorry about that. Um, so I think setting it up and structuring it really well in the beginning yeah. and yeah. spending the money on a lawyer to go, here is the documents. We all agree to this. Mm, we had have a, to create some. We created a lot of structure in the very beginning, right. even whenever we didn't even have much of a company. Like, oh, yeah. I mean, we or sales or, or sales. sales. <laughs> I mean, we were, that was one of the things that we invested in really early was having a legal person sit down with us and go, here's how we're structuring our company. Yeah. Here's everyone's stakes. Here's everyone's stocks. Like we're very intentional about that. And mm-hmm. then we had a lot of conversations about what we see the long term vision of the company looking like even early like yeah where do we want it to go what do we dream for it to be in five or ten years and to see like are we all seeing the same picture yeah um and then one of the things that i think really helped we came up with um we had a business team meeting was it 2021 january Mm -hmm. yeah in january 2021 we all went out we went to bentonville for two days and all we did was talk duncan and stem but we at that time structured our company for salaries of like we see it like a pie so 100% of a pie is what is the work against the business. And so we looked at what percentage are you working against the business? And that's how we structure payout. So if we're going to pay out in a month $10,000 in salary or $20,000 in salary, we're looking at, okay, if Sarah's working 40% against the business or 30%, she's going to get a percentage of mm-hmm. our payout and salary. So it wasn't like you're getting more than me. It's like, well, yeah, because you work more against the business than I do. So. Yeah. And so everyone, that's how we structured our pay. And I think that really helped solve a lot of tension Mm -hmm. that could have been there and that was starting to build. Um, And then as a shareholder, we all get paid out the same distributions, like based upon our stocks. So I really admire that because that whole process of um, really setting the expectations, a lot of, my stomach is really growling. (laughs) Should I have that breakfast? I should have had breakfast. Um, A lot of what ends up happening is, 
you say like something like, yeah, let's, let's speak to an attorney. Like let's, let's get this stuff kind of squared away. And someone might respond with like, oh, well, we're family, mm-hmm. we're friends. Like what do we, yeah, what, do we need to sign? what do we need to, yeah, exactly. And so I think it's just interesting that you guys went that route originally yeah. and kind of got all of the potential drama out of the way, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Or put it on the table well, before it was happening. Right. A or, lot of it. Yeah. I not mean, that we, we had haven't our had our own. We've had our own counseling sessions. <laughs> group counseling I've sessions. Had a, oh, for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. I think that, um, you know, it's a, it's, it's an interesting dynamic that we have and I, it's a unique t- situation with a married couple, two married couples and us three being the primary like workers for our business, like having to navigate the relational situation of, I had, I mean, and, and they've, they've had to come to me many a times, especially last year of, Hey, Garrett, you're being a psycho. Like and you're, <laughs> you're, you need to settle down because the expectations that I may put against the, my team members is uh, some of it might be, you know, uh, unreasonable. unreasonable for sure. And, uh, so I've had to, we've had to work through a lot of that mm-hmm. as business partners and setting aside like our, like you have to kind of draw those kind of boundaries of. Mm-hmm. Hey, we need to have some business discussions around expectations and roles and things like that. And we've had to, it's something that we've done more of as we've grown and it's, you know, and I wasn't really great at it for the first couple of years, probably. I think what was interesting was the learning curve for us was not, um, what's your lane. We very, uh, naturally had completely different giftings and passion points within our business. They have zero desire to do anything creative. They don't want to learn in design. They don't want to take I pictures. Have opinions on things every no. now and then. Right. And no. she's no. like, really? Yes. But when Stephanie's doing projections or, you know, ordering with our production partners, I'm like, please don't ask me another question about a spreadsheet. I don't, I don't know. I'm, my eyes are crossing. <laughs> mm-hmm. I believe in you. You can do it. Right. And then when Garrett's doing sales and I'm like, I'm, I would be terrified to call someone and be like, hey, does your business want to buy our stuff? <laughs> yeah. So it was really easy, I think, to delineate our our lanes and like our tasks. I think what was um, more of the hurdle was figuring out as both owners and employees, em- our employee lanes were super clear. Our owner lanes for what's our vision, like to mm. what Garrett was saying of mm-hmm. like his drive versus my drive or what I prioritize versus what Stephanie prioritizes. That was where the pain points came of going, we know what we signed up to do task-wise, but right. then figuring out, are we in agreement yeah. on how that's going to happen and the pace that that's going to happen would be like, pace. wait a minute, pace, we're yeah, not seeing good. this in the same. Yeah, the pace is probably different. Like what you saw in the pace and what he saw in the pace were like, were very Because Garrett was coming from corporate world right. where it's like nine to five and nine to seven sometimes, yeah. you know, yeah. like yeah, yeah. you just work go. until you get it done. And yeah. I'm like, wait a minute, whoop. I have three kids at home. <laughs> I can't just work till I get it done. I'm right. also so doing true. all that. And, and the more that he would sell and push and, and the, the more content that's needed and the more creative that's needed, which is more on her plate. So the harder he ran, the more work it gave. Right. Yep. And so the balance there became very tricky and created a lot of tension to be like, okay, we got to really sit down. And like, and Garrett at the same time, I was like, you need a detox off of the work world that you have been living in. Like, and so we had a lot of like the driveway <laughs> come to Jesus moments where I'm like, you know what you should do today? Nothing. You need to get your head clear. Yes, <laughs> like, exactly. You need to go to the woods without your cell phone for 24 hours and not talk to anybody. Like yeah. it would be really good for you and then come back and you'll be way more productive. And yeah. you can do that. Like, and you've been working crazy amounts of hours. Mm-hmm. You have, you have put in enough hours to take a day off. Mm-hmm. go do that you know and so he's like i just don't know how to do that i don't know how to stop like this is just the pace i've been running at for mm-hmm. so many years that it yeah. became ingrained into him and so 2021 was like a reset mm-hmm. in our house and in our work and i think this year has actually worked so much better than it has we're learning and yeah, we're growing yeah. and we're adapting to what mm-hmm. you know everyone needs well, i'm really curious about how you guys have like developed your sense of work-life balance uh-huh mm-hmm. Um, (laughs) just because like I, Garrett, I can really relate to that of like the days where like my toddler is crazy. Um, and it's like, I did not get of like the list of 20 things. I got one done. And so I feel really personally stressed about, you know, what I'm accomplishing. Um, how have the three of you guys, what's that process of work-life balance look like? Mm -hmm. And, you know, you're in this very exciting, um, business that's growing and it's a great product. I mean, how do you kind of find the balance Mm. between you know, this week yeah. we're going all in. Uh, yeah, yeah. This week we're That's just, you know, enjoying it and 
taking time for ourselves. Yeah. I think um, it's different for each of us because of our roles. So for me, I've had to learn that it's pretty seasonal. So that will mean like when I'm creating new product, that's happening in one part of the year. And then the opposite end of the year when we're launching new product, uh, my workload is unending and because it's everything's very time sensitive we have to meet these deadlines we have to launch this stuff it requires so much of me so i've had to learn to be okay with then in the other seasons going mm. i might only be working part-time mm -hmm. in this season because i know i need to not burn out because i'm coming up on another heavy season so mine's less of like day to day and more of like Right. You're going to have to do this for two months and it's going to be really hard and you're going to walk away. I'll call Stephanie when I'm in the middle of I'll get super excited, research the new journal, start designing it, get into the tedious of like which graphic of this flower do we really love oh, best. And then by the end of it, as I'm getting into the last, I'm like, I hate this journal. <laughs> Burn it. Like I'm not releasing it. I never want to look at it again because I'm so done with the season. Yeah. Um, but then tying a bow on that and wrapping up that season and going, it's okay then for the next month, mm -hmm. I need to really decrease my work hours because yeah. it's going to come back for me again in the fall. Yeah, right. that's good. I'll, I'll jump in. I think that for sure early on, um, I had this vision of if you're a startup and you're going to be a big business, like you have to grind like this idea of. Hustle, hustle, this, yeah. this hustle, like, and grind and you do not take time off because that's like to your, one of your questions earlier and thoughts of like what social media says or what mm -hmm. whoever's is doing out that there, no offense to, to, to that thought. Um, but in my mind, it was like, if I'm going to, if we're going to make it like, we got to hustle, we got to right. go, we got to grind. And, uh, that was kind of in me a little bit that, um, if I wasn't, then we weren't going to make it, you know, this, this is what we're supposed to do. And what's crazy, uh, about that one, it's, it's, it's inaccurate. I think, <laughs> I mean, I think that's at the very least like a, a, a it's not healthy for yeah. a person or, or a business, but, um, I had to start to step back a little bit. And, and even Stephanie was like, Hey, you kind of like left your job and left your to come work for our business and it was going to be a better work-life balance and you were going to be a more healthy person actually the opposite ended up being true yeah which is concerning this is like she was like why did why did you come to do this mm -hmm. and if you're not really enjoying it and you're not you don't really seem to have much work-life balance and you're not healthy and it's like oh shoot like that's so i have to figure that out mm -hmm. um so for me personally i've i've invested more time into like becoming more emotionally healthy as mm. a person yeah. and and out like work is just a piece of that and and i have we have a family and i want my marriage to be healthy like mm -hmm. i i don't want to grow a business and lose my wife like right. that's not ideal and so uh for sure you wouldn't make it. i wouldn't i actually wouldn't, wouldn't make it, I wouldn't yeah. make it yeah. for sure um so you start to step back to see like okay what's getting back to the why of what we're doing and mm -hmm. and how am i doing with everything and then going okay the success of duncan and stone is not i can't find my identity in that mm -hmm. you know i think that that was one thing i really struggled with was that our business is going to like define me or like my identity is in the growth of duncan and stone mm -hmm. that's not true like that can't be a true thing for me and i got to get to the bottom of what's going on there um to work through that and create more work-life balance. I would say that, that the, the past probably six or seven months, I tell people is like, I've really started to enjoy our business <laughs> and, uh, which is kind of funny, but also kind of like sad. It's like yeah. <laughs> for a long time, I really wasn't enjoying it. And, uh, we had to figure out some work things and, and, you know, well, a huge piece that was, he was doing during that season that was really hard was fulfillment. Mm -hmm. fulfillment was in our garage so he woke up to see it he went to bed seeing it um he was physically moving all the boxes in and out of our garage from storage units to warehouses that we had it put in other places across town and so he was just in the grind it's like moving rocks you know like you move rocks every it's like that's torturous if you keep doing that every single day and that's really not what he's gifted at he's gifted at making connections and and building rapport with people mm -hmm. and that's one of the reasons why our company has been so successful that's he's really good at networking and so 
anyways, but that got taken off of our plate in March. And yeah. so we moved to a full-time fulfillment awesome. center that yeah. re- receives our containers, unloads it, picks and packs it. Um, and that completely helped reshape our company. It was the best money we've ever spent, I think, sure. as a company. For sure. I think that was one of the harder parts of work-life balance early on was going, there is an element to being a startup where, like, Garrett was doing fulfillment, not because fulfillment was like what he's passionate about or gifted in, but because someone has to fulfill yeah, right. because you we didn't have the money initially to be paying someone. And so to be going like, how long can you do something you don't like <laughs> to make it worthwhile in the end before right. you go, forget it, burn it down. Yeah. I don't care anymore. <laughs> he yeah. was almost to burn it down. Right. And so then <laughs> we're all going, this is causing everything to be shaky because mm-hmm. understandably so like he's not fulfilled. He doesn't like it. Right. We're like high fiving on our sales, and he was like, nope. "Every sale I see, I yeah. have to, sh- I have to ship it." We're gonna move some boxes now. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. And so he, the more we grew, celebrate. the worse I felt about yeah, the business. Yeah. So like Christmas of really last year, great. I'm like, "This is amazing." I mean, like, look at our November sales and December sales, and he was like, "This is terrible." Like, I mean, it was literally like he was. He's he cheering when good. you didn't make any sales. Yeah, yeah right. Right. that's I mean, that's not good. <laughs> yeah, he was like not happy about the numbers, and he uh, and so this is the first time he's getting to experience a full. Uh, not a full calendar year, but six months, seven months of yeah. celebrating. Like, yeah. But there was that season where it was like we had to choose to put our heads down and go, this isn't good. We don't mm-hmm. love everything about it. But if we want to get to the level where we can make enough money to pay fulfillment, mm-hmm. right, we yeah. have to do fulfillment. Mm-hmm. And so figuring, you know, that was a hard, that was very hard to go. We have mm-hmm. to do this hard thing to get to the next level. Yeah. We're not ever going to mm-hmm. get there if we don't do this right now. Yeah. But it was really terrible as coworkers and as friends to watch Garrett be miserable to, to push us through to that level I so that we could rescue him in the long run. I envision them like uh, sipping coffee while you're yeah. like moving boxes Absolutely. in the garage. It's like, like get, freezing get that cold. I'm like, we can move this <laughs> into like go, one go of our bedrooms. He's like, it will not come in the house because that I means it's going to stay. It's yeah. not coming in the house. I well, like, I think to, to Sarah's point, there's, there's a certain, everybody will go through different life stages, you know, a, a business or a company mm-hmm. like, um, cause I think there's something to that. Like early on in a startup, like, what are you going to do? Like we just didn't have the, we didn't have, we weren't privileged enough to be like, we outsource everything and we have this idea that we don't touch anything or do anything and we make millions of dollars. That sounds amazing. Yeah. Like, what is that? Uh, so I think that that's life. a dream. That's, well, I'm driving us there. Yeah, for sure. Like, gonna, well, I think we my point is like, there's certain, like that there's, that's a part of our business and a lot of early stage companies is like, you got to figure it out and you got to mm-hmm. work wild hours and you don't really have a lot of work life balance. Cause like, how can you, you're right. just trying to start this thing out of nothing. Right. You there's know, what so, you're good at. And then there's all the other hats that are left on the table that someone has to wear, right. even if you don't want to. Yeah, exactly. So now at the end of 2022 business, like I said, it's growing, you get amazing products. Uh, what, what's, what are the challenges that you're yeah. running into now? Yeah. That's like a the good new question. challenges. I mean, you've offloaded some things, you've yeah. paid money out to take care of some of the tasks yeah. that you didn't want to do anymore. What at this stage of the business, yeah. what are you running into? That's a into? good question. Yeah. I think uh, in the same. Go ahead. Okay. I was going to say in the same way that he felt a lot of things on him that we have gotten to offload. Now we're looking over at Sarah and going, what's been on her plate that she's going to reach the same burnout period if we don't start offloading. And so I think, which is admittedly challenging because I have a small control problem. With <laughs> and so, that's true. I'm like, everyone just be like me, hire out what you <laughs> don't like. Yeah, I exactly. hired him. <laughs> well, I think that we're, ha ha. Uh, it's true. It's so funny. Oh uh, they bully you? Uh, yeah, 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 a little Garrett bit. Garrett has started giving out demerits during our group demerit. meetings whenever demerit. we get too sassy. We don't know what a demerit is, but I don't we, know. I've received a lot. Who does HR for us? That's me. Okay. Yeah. He's, he's reporting to HR and I'm yeah. like, sorry, yeah. I don't Exactly. I'm an HR complaint about yeah, the HR person. Yeah. I was like, can I file a complaint to HR? She's like, sure. She's like, yeah, I'll it goes it in the trash can. Thank uh, you for that. Well, I think that we're at this business. We're at the stage now of our of our brand of going scaling, like con- mm-hmm. continuing to scale um, in a healthy way and continuing to grow without killing ourselves like along the way. So, you know, it's. We're, we're finally getting to that point of, of our business to be like, okay, we're, we're, we have a, a foundation of sorts. Well, we have a great audience. We've built a community. We have great products. We have great reviews. Like let's continue to take it to the next level and find the right partners to help us take it there. Mm-hmm. You know, so for us, we, 
we have a lot of expertise within our team, but there's a lot of stuff we don't really know how to do. <laughs> and so we're, we're now at that stage to go, okay, how do we scale in, in a good way and find the right partners to help us get there? This is an interesting season. Even if you're good at something, doesn't mean that you enjoy it. You know, so looking at what you can offload. Yeah. So we can actually like have a better work life balance and be more present with our kids. And well, it was something that uh, I think we talked about a little bit before we jumped on here was, you know, building to sell or this idea of who knows what the future of our business looks like, but building it in a way that's somebody may want to acquire us or we want to have an exit sometime or, you know, um, so building in it that way that, you know, allows us to, you know, just take it to the next level. It feels like we're, you know, just starting to grow up a little bit. I think one of the things we learned earlier this year in terms of scaling, because I would agree, that's kind of, we've been going, how can we be more efficient? How can we get our systems in place so that we can scale? Um, and we had some opportunities, some possibilities with some big box stores, which sounds really like great and exciting. Like if you just get an X store and you sell X number of units, you've now made millions of dollars. And it's like, oh good, let's do that. That's a good plan. But then as we actually got into the process, realizing what it was gonna really require from us, do we actually, are we capable to mass produce at this scale? yet like we could jump at it but what if we do it in a really messy way Mm -hmm. and now it actually is damaging to us versus so I think what we learned was like even though some of that seemed really shiny in this like great opportunity in the end it actually would have been worse for our business to jump to skip steps right instead of doing a more like slow like or but what's the next right step for us instead of like yeah but that's the ultimate goal yeah so speaking of the ultimate goal I mean you you mentioned Potentially, it'd be great to get acquired at some point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But when you think about Duncan and Stone five, ten years from now, what are some of the things that come to mind or things that you'd want to be true about the brand? Yeah. What would you all say? That's oh, easy. <laughs> I, I knew she was going to ask something. Go ahead. Go ahead, President. I knew she'd have words. Um, I would love to see us continue to grow, um, obviously, but in a way that we offloaded where we became true owners, like where Sarah was the creative director, mm-hmm. not the creator where she was getting to walk in the photo shoots or, and going, I want it this way, this way, send me, I'll approve images, like the director of it instead of the one shooting all the photos. Um, and so offloading and truly become owners and then workers and the things that actually bring us a lot of joy. That would be ideal in the way that I would like to see us continue to do that. Um, but I want to make sure that we're growing our company so we can sell it if we want to. Mm-hmm. I don't, um, we might sell it, we might not one day, but I never want to get to the point where like we're ready to exit and we have completely shot ourselves in the foot mm-hmm. and we are not prepared to exit because mm-hmm. we haven't structured things properly. Right. So I want to continue to structure our business where we can sell if we mm-hmm. want to. Or the business can't operate without you. Yes. Yeah. And so exactly. the more That's that we concerning. work our way out of the company though, and we mm-hmm. become true owners, it becomes more appealing to a buyer. Mm-hmm. So if they look at it and they're like, oh, like we could buy this company, but the owners are all fully working in the company. Right. Like that's not very appealing to somebody who'd want to acquire you. Right. Sarah, what would you say? Five to 10 years? No, yeah, I would say the same. You know, I uh, came from stay at home mom and side hustle and now doing this full time. I never had, um, I, I wouldn't say I've ever been driven to have like a long term career path per se of like where Garrett, I think, is more like, I want to take ownership of something. Like mm-hmm. I want to start something and say it was mine and like, you know, lead with it. I'm just kind of like, I really like making pretty things that make people happy. <laughs> um, and so for me, yeah, I'm kind of like, let's ride it until we're ready to roll out into something else. And I would love in the long term to my focus would be eventually coming full circle and being able to work less, spend more time with my family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, kind of like back to what we were talking about earlier, doing the hard things right now to get to the next step where mm-hmm. like the end goal. Yeah. And we see like glimpses of this even as summer came through mm-hmm. this year because we had a fulfillment team where we kind of sat down as a team and we're like, our kids are all home for the summer. Mm-hmm. We're going to cut back work hours. It's our slow season anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and so our workload was very light through the summer. Like mm-hmm. we went on a 17 day road trip with our kids. Um, and we're like, Sarah, let us know if something's <laughs> happening over there that <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you need exactly. us to look at. Mm-hmm. And he got in on his computer and we worked, you know, maybe couple hours at nights whenever it was needed but for the most part we could do that whenever feels like we're finally the summer. like seeing the fruits of that labor of yes. the first mm-hmm. two and a half years of like grind yes like yeah, that exactly. was never ever an option mm-hmm. before march like we couldn't hardly leave for a weekend mm-hmm. without being stressed whenever we came back home and so 
that was a huge shift in March to move to fulfillment team. Gary, what about you? Five to 10 years. Yeah, I would say, um, you know, I think there's, there's multiple different paths. I think that we could end up going down. I think we're, you know, um, I'd see us becoming a, a, you know, uh, continuing to grow the brand and, you know, reach people and create great items and things like that. I would, I would think over time we'll probably to Stephanie's point, become more of like owners of the business and not being running, not running it day to day. So, um, I tell you, it's been fun. Like, I think there's, it's, there's a lot of new challenges that we're facing as a, as a, as a team. And I don't, you know, uh, for sure the next few years have any desire to not work on the business so it's really fun to to keep growing in and figure it out well you just got to it's the fun. season that you really i'm actually enjoying it yeah <laughs> I, just, I know so. well thank so. you guys for coming on the show today it was so great learning about duncan's duncan and stone and i wish you all Thanks. well Thanks in the next steps yeah. so Hey, if you guys listening, don't forget you can check out DuncanAndStone.com. In fact, you can get free shipping on orders of $65 and more. Again, it's DuncanAndStone.com. It's going to be down in the episode description below, so you can check out more there. Uh, also, I'll put uh, social media links yeah. as well for you guys to check that out uh, as well. Uh, and don't forget, if you like the podcast and you want to support the podcast, you can check out our Patreon. It's at Patreon.com slash GoodAdvice. Or if you want to advertise on the podcast, you can reach out at Blake at GoodAdviceCoaching.com. Um, last thing I'll say is if you love the podcast and you're not subscribed to the podcast, what the heck are you waiting on? <laughs> Click the subscribe button or the follow button so you can keep bringing you good advice wherever you are. That's today's good advice. We'll catch you later. See ya.